Welcome to Folklore on the Rocks. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, this is Folklore on the Rocks. I'm Logan. I'm Lindsay. And we have got a real treat in store for you tonight. First off, before we start with our stories and the spookiness, just a welcome back. I hope everyone had a great early part of winter. I hope everyone's really enjoying this cool weather. I know I am. Um, I sort of am. Yeah. Not a fan of snow. I, my, my new bike is getting upset at me for not taking it out in the snow. I believe yet. it. It's got these giant, giant tires. It was tires. built for the snow. I got, I got some pogies. I learned, first, first of all, I learned what pogies are. <laughs> and then I got some. <laughs> Thanks, Amazon Prime. What, what, are po- <laughs> what are pogies? Well, you see, when, when cycling in the wintertime, my little fingies get cold. <laughs> Makes sense. And so for maniacs like myself, a product has been invented called pogies. Okay. That are little neoprene full covers for your handlebars to keep the wind chill off your knuckles. Interesting. A little weird, but cool. I get that this is like niche within a niche. uh, And the whole, the cryptozoology (laughs) crowd is like, what the hell is Logan talking about? Cycling (laughs) in the winter? No, thank you. I'm going to find myself a Yeti, ladies and gentlemen. The the Krampus, it will be mine. I I will find the things that lurk in the white out storms of the winter and I will approach them silently on my bicycle. He's just, you know, climbing up the Matterhorn looking for Yetis. Yep. That's a very Logan thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can absolutely see that happening. <laughs> yep. And I love it. And and clearly, from our early distraction into cycling in the wintertime, uh, we've had a couple of drinks. We've been... Uh, we're, <laughs> but that's the way of this. That's why we're folklore on the on rocks. On the rocks. So, Lindsay, what are we drinking tonight? So, we have a wintry cocktail. Ooh. Um, since this is, I think... I think probably our only episode in December that's not going to be like quote unquote themed. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and is it, our we've got our creature features and then we have our story times. So this is kind of a this is our modern folklore episode, so we can do whatever. And just right? be, just because something happens in December doesn't mean it needs to be themed per se. Yeah. But it is winter, and yes. it's winter themed. Uh-huh. So it's not holiday themed because we know everybody celebrates a different holiday or maybe none at all. But we all have to deal with winter, so it's pretty universal. See, and that, that's why I celebrate Yule. Because your winter is hot if you're in a different place. Yeah. We all recognize winter is cold and dangerous and dark. How about we all come inside and learn to deal with each yes. other? That's Yule right there. Or drink so that we can deal <laughs> yeah, with each other. Let's get a drink and set something on fire. <laughs> I do like the sentiments behind Yule a lot. Yeah. For sure. They, they definitely fit us i think really so tell me about yule well would you rather be outside no okay well happy yule (laughs) sorry let's get on to the drink what do we drink all right so our drink tonight is a cranberry bomb so it's basically like a wintry version of a jaeger bomb okay which i know a lot of you are like i don't know i feel about that but (laughs) this isn't with jaeger Mm-hmm. So maybe that will help. It's basically a can of cranberry Red Bull mm-hmm. and a shot of Underground, which is a local liquor here. It's local to Ogden, which is like 
what like an hour-ish north of us yeah north of us like it's, it's a cool place um it is. some, some interesting cooler. bars there yeah it's getting cooler <laughs> um it's it's gaining more of a, like a hipster following and it's it's, it's a little it's it's like salt lake if it's it, baby salt lake baby salt baby lake. salt lake. perfect yeah but they have some really cool stuff there like and they've got some, some really beautiful mountains and lovely mm-hmm. trails and, yeah. and some really nice outdoorsy stuff if you're the outdoorsy kind of person exactly so there's there's a distillery up there called ogden's own and they do several different liquors that are distributed throughout their distillery. They do underground, which is what is in our drink tonight. Mm-hmm. They do five wives, which mm-hmm. you may have heard of. I don't know. I don't, honestly, I don't know how far these get distributed. So That's not our problem. We're going to talk no monsters idea. and drink. But you can find some equivalent to each of them, I'm sure. Um, and then they do another one called Porter's, which they have like Porter's Apple, Porter's Fire, and they're like... Um, apple or cinnamon flavored liqueurs. Mm-hmm. They're named after Porter Rockwell, who is a historical figure. He's he's a badass. Um, yeah, I helped my dad put together a statue of him. It's south of here. It's eight feet tall, Dang. where he used to run like a roadhouse uh, along the wagon roads. So there's a big bronze monument sculpted by Young and Company. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and I'll I'll post a link in our show notes. Yeah, but you can see the statue. The reason that I wandered off into the the outdoorsy elements is that's what I really love about these local distilleries. Mm-hmm. Um, the water in our, you know, in the area around a distillery totally affects the flavor of the alcohol that comes out of there. Duh, Absolutely. we all know about scotch, <laughs> but uh, Utah has very very good water. Uh, I do. I'm not sure if We've anyone mountains real, real close. Yeah. So. I, I, I get why people don't make us a destination or anything like <laughs> no. that. But if and you do come here, try our water. <laughs> and we're a fairly, a fairly dry state. We're not the driest. I think that's like Pennsylvania, but our liquor laws are very controlled. Yeah. Because they're controlled by the state mm-hmm. and maybe not the best decision making when it comes to that kind of stuff, which is unfortunate because there's a lot of really, really cool stuff coming out of Utah. That doesn't probably get the, the distribution that it should because I, of our loss. I almost feel like the restrictive nature of we're flourishing from it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, totally. When you put a bunch of rules in place, people find yeah, well, creative like ways to look at that. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a perfect example. You try to suppress creativity, and all that's going to come is more creativity. Yeah. To, to any local Utah lawmakers listening, our laws are just fine. Leave them alone. Don't make any more changes. Yeah. Just <laughs> unless it's going to be. Less restrictive. Don't even touch it. Don't touch them. it. Don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so underground. Is, yes. Okay. Yeah. Is what we are drinking in our drink tonight. Basically, it's it's like an herbal liqueur. So it's it's like Jaeger. It's not as like sweet or syrupy as Jaeger is, mm. which is nice. Um, I guess to be an herbal liqueur, you kind of need at least like, I think, 2% of added sugar into the spirit and underground mm. just like barely hits that too. just enough for the mm-hmm. for the the enzymes to so, grab onto it and turn into alcohol there and it's actually higher proof than jaeger is it's it's an 80 proof and jaeger's a 70 proof whoa black betty bama lamb <laughs> well this is part of why it's got an entire can of red bull and only <laughs> a shot <laughs> of underground um but it's it's good it still has that same type of taste but it tastes better than jaeger yeah, yeah. Uh, I definitely prefer it to to Jaeger. Yeah, well, um, and we have the cranberry taste from the Red Bull too. Which, yeah, and I'm and surprised. Red Bull, Red Bull I'm taste. surprised how much it stands out. I didn't realize it was just a uh, Red Bull in there. I thought it was cranberry juice. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but the flavors go well together. Well done to our friend Anubis yes. for, for putting this together for us. He knows what's up. That is for sure. So yeah, it's basically shot of underground can of cranberry Red Bull. Um, you just pour it over ice and you garnish it with lime. So it's delicious. We recommend it. Again, it's called the cranberry bomb. The cranberry bomb. Like a Jaeger bomb, but wintry. Um, you can also make it with blueberry Red Bull, Ooh. too. And purportedly, that is better. I haven't had it, but this is more wintry because it's cranberries. I- I'm doing a lot of things in the next couple of weeks. I'll make <laughs> Drinking w- a lot of those. Yeah, I'll make it my mission to sample the blueberry bomb as well. I'll make it a priority. That's such an arduous task. I'll add it to my my ever-growing list of <laughs> responsibilities. I'll take one for the team and try a blueberry bomb and get back to you. Rough life, man. I know. Yep. <laughs> the sacrifices we made for our art. So tonight we are recording our oh, whoa, modern whoa, whoa, folklore. We're recording? What? What? <laughs> What's happening? Where yeah. am I? So modern folklore. We, we got some... Uh, so this is the second time we've done this. The first time I think went really well. It was really cool to get some of those those modern stories in and I'm excited we've got a fresh batch to share with everybody today. I am too. Um, just a reminder, these are stories... Um, these ones we actually got from the no sleep areas of Reddit. Um, These are submitted to us by people from that subreddit, but we in the future will also do creepypastas and let's not meets, stuff like that. So if you are a writer of stories like those, feel free to send them in to us and we want to gather stories from you guys and and read them because we love them. Absolutely. So much fun. Um, So I think that we are going to head into our first tale yes all right so our first story is from angus mcknight and it is called our house was haunted um his reddit handle is scorpshi and logan is gonna tell us the tale all right here we go our house was haunted my fiance and i recently bought a house together it's in a nice area and it's a beautiful home but unfortunately it was also haunted Everything started about three weeks after we moved in. I started noticing a light breeze in certain areas of the house, even if all of the windows were closed. My fiancé, Brian, never noticed anything, and thought there might have been a draft somewhere, as the house was several years old, but all we could afford. We had the house checked, and found that there was actually a gap in the insulation on the upper floor, so the air might have been flowing through the rest of the house. We had it fixed, and for a few days, nothing unusual happened. I was home alone one weekend, doing some cleaning, when I heard a door upstairs slam shut. It scared the life out of me. But then when I went upstairs, there weren't any closed doors. Obviously, I was freaked out by this and texted Brian, who was out getting some tools. He told me it might have been something outside, like a car door or something. I thought that it might have been, and carried on with the cleaning. The stairs in the house are set up so they formed an angle. I was standing on the landing, on my tiptoes trying to hang a picture, when I heard another bang. I stumbled and almost fell, but managed to keep my balance. I was now scared, and when Brian got home, I told him all about it. He wasn't sure what to make of it. Then he went around the house, checking all the pipes and doors to see if anything might have made the noise. It was an old house, and he thought it might have had some issue. He didn't find anything, and we agreed with his earlier idea that it might have been something down the street. 
We made dinner and were cuddling on the couch when I started feeling cold. Granted, this was all happening in November, but I was absolutely freezing. I wound up putting on a sweater, but nothing seemed to help. It got so bad, Brian put the heater on in our room while I curled up under the covers. I managed to fall asleep, but I was still freezing in the morning. This was on Monday, and Brian had to go to work. I had called in sick, so Brian texted my younger brother, Zach, to check in on me when he got off school. Zach dropped by around 3 p.m. and sat in the living room with me, doing his homework while I was on the couch. While I was laying down, I had the sensation that someone was tickling my foot. I was still cold, so I had a sweater, jeans, and thick wool socks on. But even then, I could feel cold fingers rubbing against the sole of my foot. I tried to pull free, but the hand on my ankle tightened and the tickling continued. Zach, who was 18 at the time, had a habit of teasing me sometimes, and I grit my teeth, annoyed and trying not to laugh. The tickling continued, and I finally had enough. Zach, cut that out, I said angrily. Cut what out? he asked, and I looked up, and he was sitting across the room doing his homework. He looked confused, and I stared at my foot. My leg was stretched out, like someone had pulled it away from me, but no one was there. I was getting seriously freaked out, and I sat up, hugging my knees. Are you okay, Jesse? Zach asked, coming over beside me. I told him about what had been happening over the last few weeks, and what I had started thinking. Our house might be haunted. He stared at me, almost laughing, until he saw how serious I was. How do we tell? I asked. I'd never believed in ghosts before, but was starting to now. Zack shrugged and said, I don't know, uh, ask? He stood up, always the joker, and said, Hey, any ghosts here? Any tricks you want to pull for us? Nothing happened. He sat back down, grinning, and started to say something. When I saw his hair move. Zack wears his hair long, about jaw length, and it looked like something grabbed a handful of it. He yelled in pain and surprise as he jerked up into the air, yanking him off the couch and across the room. I screamed as he hit the wall, and I swear this part is true. I heard someone whisper, Get out! In my ear. I pulled Zack to his feet, and we ran to the bedroom. We closed the door, and something started to bang on it, hard. The whole door was creaking, and Zack pushed against it with his back to hold it shut. I called Brian, who was on his way home. What's that banging? he asked. And I told him what was happening. Zack was digging his heels into the carpet to keep the door shut, looking as terrified as I was. Suddenly, a voice yelled, Get out! Now! Who the hell was that? Brian asked. I'm almost home. I heard his car pull into the driveway a few minutes later, and the banging stopped. Brian ran up the stairs and accidentally knocked poor Zack to the ground as he threw the door open and ran to the room to hug me. We have to leave, I told him, and he agreed. Out! yelled the voice, and we all jumped as we heard something smash downstairs. It sounded like something had pushed the TV over. I was crying as we grabbed a few clothes and packed them away. As I was headed to the hallway, I fell forward. I felt like something had grabbed on my ankle and tripped me. Brian paused to help me up, but when he bent over, he suddenly flew back like he had been shoved. We made it to the top of the stairs at this point, so Brian ended up tumbling down to the second landing. He landed hard and cried out in pain, making me scream. I had gotten to my feet and ran to him to help him up. His arm had been broken by the fall, and we were both shaking. We headed to the front door, 
And as we passed the living room, we saw the TV had been pushed over, which was why it made the crash. And the voice yelled, OUT! Again. Zach drove us to the hospital where I called my parents and told them what had happened. They came to the hospital as soon as they could and were upset to see Brian in a cast. And Zach, with his face bruised from having hit the wall and being knocked over, I told them everything that had happened. They were surprised, but agreed to let us stay while we worked out our situation. My dad even looked up the agent who sold us the house to learn about the previous owners. He admitted that the previous owners had experienced similar events, but it stayed longer than we had, so we hadn't mentioned it. We were able to get our money back and are still looking for a new house. We never did find out just what the hell was in that house, or why it was so adamant that people not live in the house. Whatever it was, it was aggressive and harmful, and I hope I never meet it or anything like it again. And we're back. Oh, what'd you think of that one, Lindsay? Damn. Yeah. That was, that was scary. That was really, it was, it, I really liked the setup to it. Sometimes, sometimes it's nice to have just an old-fashioned ghost story. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to have a, a world built around it and an ancient book of knowledge that started it and uh, an origin story mm -hmm. or anything like that. No, just it's a ghost. It's our understanding of the world and life and death and spirit energy is somewhat limited and our actions have consequences. Mm -hmm. I did think it was interesting that uh, the creature or the the entity of some kind wanted them to get out so much. Right. Um, and clearly wanted many other people to as well. If, yeah. If, if this has been happening continuously, right? Mm -hmm. Which according to the, like, apparently it was. There, there's always that element of when when you hear these stories of people getting haunted mm -hmm. and stuff, you're like, why don't you just move? You know, and... And sometimes it's literally just because you can't. Like, moving takes money. We don't all have buckets and buckets of money. Yeah. You know, like, so if you move somewhere and suddenly it's haunted and you're, you know, stigmata is happening or something, <laughs> like, and you don't have the money to move out, you don't have the money to move out. You can put up with a lot of stuff if you have to. Yeah. And some people do. But in this situation, like, if you can, yes, do it. And if you're getting thrown down stairwells yeah I mean, as soon as it hits your physical manifestations <laughs> like that's of, uh, on things uh the 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 hands around the ankle yeah. and the, and the that's pull where the you find the resources to, to leave <laughs> yeah that's when it it really uh that was all very very creepy yeah. um fun fact Especially with your feet yeah ah. yeah yeah feet are weird because they're their extremities i well, they're so they're so sensitive too yeah like you're just mm, oh, no, really nope. uh to stay safe in this world we have learned to uh, not look at our feet uh, when it when doing dancing or fighting or anything like that don't look at your feet because your feet they're the ends of your legs they'll stay there yet as an extremity sometimes you hear an odd tickle sometimes i put my shoe on I'm like is there a spider in my shoe i hope i didn't <laughs> scratch him but no shake it out yeah so the bit about the ankle and the foot kind of a good thing to add yeah and when just that that shock factor you know that the main character has that they're like expecting that it's the brother, right? Mm -hmm. And it's obviously not. Just the shock of finding that out. Like, okay, there's this invisible thing that's touching me. What the hell? I need to leave. Yeah, <laughs> I need to yeah, get out these, of here. <laughs> the, the odd creeping tendrils and the. But you know, I don't know. 
we're interesting monkeys, humans. <laughs> um, we can put up with a lot. Well, technically, we're apes, Logan. Yes. Yeah, so, I know you know that. Well, maybe you don't have a prehensile tail. But. That's a fair point. I don't know. I don't know what you have. I don't know what a lot of people have. It could be. Your, your discretion is appreciated, Lindsay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I was thinking, the, the, just going back to the command to leave, to get out, to leave them alone. Right. In the haunted house world, uh, not necessarily the real world of the paranormal, which is in the the loosest of brackets, you know, evidence pending. Right. (laughs) But the, the commercial haunted house haunted attraction world where actors play scary things like what people want from i I, I, I do yeah. consulting in this world sometimes and he's good at it but we always say don't say get out don't say get out because it's just you don't want them to get out you want them to stay yes. <laughs> <laughs> but also i mean it makes sense like you want to you want to say something to them that's creepy but in this instance you know that's that's exactly what this ghost or this poltergeist i guess would maybe make more sense Mm -hmm. actually wants them to do he wants them to leave obviously right um and it works (laughs) too yeah Yeah. Uh, we are the kind of creatures that once we have an answer we rely on it until we find a different answer Mm -hmm. you know you test it and test it and test it until it comes out negative or at least we should and some people don't do that (laughs) and they're wrong (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i i guess with just some a little bit of analysis, a little bit of our own schema added in, and a fair amount of alcohol, that's a damn yep. fine story right there. Yeah, great <laughs> job, Angus. We really liked it. Yeah. All right. Well, we'd love to hear what you folks out there think. If you have some stories of your own, or if you have a similar experience, or anything like that, tell us, please. Um, yeah, we want to hear about all of your haunted houses. Yeah. Sadly, we're we're a little Lindsay. Have you ever had an experience no. like this, like a haunted house or a Happen. poltergeist or anything? And Honestly, like, I don't think I want to Mm -hmm. because I think that I would be just scarred by it. I'm an extremely sensitive person in that I think about things a lot. Yeah. So I don't watch a lot of scary movies for that reason. Like, if it's psychologically scary to me at all, I will think about it for days. Mm -hmm. And I will sit there in the dark alone at two in the morning and just think about it. And oh. my, my imagination will conjure up the creepiest fucking thing oh. you've ever seen. Th- that comes back to the Langoliers for me right there. Uh, do you remember <laughs> yeah. the, the TV movie, The Langoliers? It was adapted from the Keith Stephen King novel. Nevertheless, it was a two-part miniseries. Right. And the first part, oh, the Langoliers, they're coming. No, oh, watch out for them. And I was maybe eight at oh, the time. Yeah. And that's impressionable time. Yeah. So. And it was it was all this dread of what is coming. And it's this unseen adversary. And in my mind, the ad, the Langoliers were the just scariest conjuration of my my young impressionable mind. And then it's the imagination portion of it. That's that's the thing that's scariest. Yeah. Right? Is the things that you oh, yourself come up with. Totally. And then it wasn't uh, somehow as a child, I missed part two. So for years, Never got for years, <laughs> oh, the Langoliers, the scariest thing, the scariest and thing. And they were all Logan brain things. Yeah, yeah. And then I finally saw part two of the miniseries. Uh-huh. And, and you know, I, I now having done, you know, a, a little bit of sculpting and special effects and everything like that, they weren't as scary as they could have been. 
they weren't what you came up yeah, with. I'm, right? like, oh, I'm like, oh, it's just those. Okay. What I mean, it helps that you weren't eight anymore, right? <laughs> like, had you been eight and seen the second part, it maybe still would have been just as scary, right? Mm-hmm. But <laughs> you weren't. So, and it's interesting how how our minds kind of evolve that way. Yeah. How how we learn to be okay with certain things or how we don't. So, stuff that you saw when you were really small that scared you becomes an irrational fear later in life. Like for me, I'm terrified of sharks. Oh, terrified. sharks. Sharks are beautiful. And they, but, and they absolutely are. I love But they are terrifying. Yes. I, well, I mean, I will say that at least I have a fear of something that is practically, like a good practical For fear, sure. And, right? and, 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 and to make me. you, like, <laughs> like just to add on to that, I, you know, I used to be, uh, when I was a kid, my parents would have us on the swim team. Mm-hmm. And I was neither the body type, nor aptitude, nor interest level to be on the <laughs> swim team. <laughs> Nevertheless, that was my fate. Right. And so uh, <laughs> there were several events where you have to visualize something to make you go faster at the end of a race. Oh, damn. And it was Always. I've never a, heard of that. A, that's scary. Well, that that's not a swim rule, but it does help. <laughs> I believe so. I was like, my brother was in swimming. I don't remember yeah. that being. Yeah, and it's uh, the the coaching that we always got is always pour it on at the end, save nothing for after the race. You know, really just right. burn it right until the, the until the very end of it. And for me, it was always okay. You just picture, you conjure this this image of in the deep end of the pool where you can't quite see it from the surface. They have a cage and the cage opens Ah. from the wall and out swims this living, breathing embodiment of hunger, a missile with teeth that, forgive me, a torpedo with teeth. A torpedo. It lives underwater. (laughs) (laughs) An an aquatic missile. There you go. (laughs) And just thinking about that image of, of an, of a creature coming out immediately getting acquainted with its surroundings and knowing it's prey. And you're literally and saying this and I am thinking this. Yeah. And it's terrifying. And this is, a, this is as a fat kid is swimming down a 25 meters <laughs> freestyle against three other kids. Uh, if it works, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Right? You, your own visualization. That's it's an important thing to have. Um, but nevertheless, what you can't see in the water is a scary thing. That is a that is a fear that goes back to the Neanderthal oh, brain. Totally. Oh, totally. <laughs> and I guess, and honestly, that's that's really, I think, what I am afraid of more than sharks per se. I'm mm-hmm. afraid of not knowing what's behind me or below me in deep dark water. Sure, sharks are scary because they're a thing that can you know bite off a limb or something. Now I know and I'll bleed to death <laughs> and it'll be terrible. But the thing is, you know, the unknown. And that's exactly that's what really it is. what it is. Yeah. And and to tie it back to the story we just covered, uh, uh, you know, there's some some monster fanatics out there, especially some poltergeist fanatics that are thinking, why are you talking about sharks? Well, this is come on, folklore on the rocks our show because our show and we're allowed to be afraid of whatever we want to be and afraid sharks of. Are scary. But let me tell you, uh, <laughs> I, I had had a few different intoxicating substances and I was <laughs> I was playing virtual reality a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Because that's, oh God, that's, be, just... that, that's become my favorite <laughs> video game platform. If anyone's got an Oculus Rift, a PlayStation VR, or a Vive, add me. We'll play Rec Room. I'm Fight Dude right here. <laughs> but as I said, I was, I was doing that, and I felt a chill across my mm, neck. No. And I just said, no problem now, Mr. Ghost. Going to deal with it later. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Just leave me alone for now. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a bit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> to help it worked for but you. It, but it's also about the conjurations of the mind. Right. 
yeah, our own inner eye is much stronger than our powers of perception. Yeah, we can and, create all kinds of things to terrify us, chill us to the bone. So true. And, and we can dismiss so much, like we tend to dismiss so much, right? Mm-hmm. Because our logical minds are, are like, no, that's not a thing that is real. That's not a thing that exists. And then something so potent happens, like in this story, that we're... That just shatters that yeah, entire reality. That's... I have all I, the impossibilities have, are no longer impossible. It's almost not worth telling this story because you just explained the broad <laughs> strokes of this story Tell exactly. Story. One time I was uh, I was still living with my parents. This was this was years ago, years ago, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> anyway, I went out to the to the driveway and there was my car there. The windows were down. It was summertime, and I see a figure Ugh. sitting in the front seat of my car. Um, no. And it is it is completely black, just shrouded in like shadows, but it is a form. <gasps> and in my brain, I think, no, you're not seeing that. That is a conjuration, a figment of your imagination. That is nothing at all. Oh, Logan, you're at it again. Yeah, yeah. Oh, hindbrain, you, <laughs> you reptilian son of a bitch, creating predators for me to be afraid of. Anyway, so I dismiss it. You know, impossible. And I go, I put my hand on the door, I open it, and the light comes on in the car. And a cat leaps out of the open window as fast as it could. And my brain, having already dismissed the presence of something in the car, immediately is like, monster. (laughs) That right there, I seen that, that's a monster. (laughs) It's a panther. Yeah. (laughs) The part of my brain that's in charge of target recognition... (laughs) Was, was really having an off day. Monster. <laughs> it's going to eat me. What do I do? Oh, I jumped. Attack. I jumped at least three and a half feet in the air. The knees hit the chest and then I landed it. So the, the question is with this. Yeah. Fight, flight, or freeze? Well, I uh, admittedly, okay, I can't be like, I can't, I can't play Mr. He-Man, you know, money pants all the time. I can't be like, oh, well, fight. No other answer is acceptable for Logan. No, it was it was a ah, monster, ah, ah. and then well, if a monster is attacking you, that's like an understandable. And then reaction. the fists went up just in case. <laughs> so you're like halfway between fight and flight because you didn't leave. Nope, stood there. And your fist came up. Yes, that's the defense. So you're a fight. You're a fight. Yeah, I am a hundred percent a freeze. <laughs> My mind goes completely blank. I am terrified and frozen in fear i'm deer in the headlights yeah when anything scary happens or even anything unexpected like somebody says something mean to me or like gives me criticism because like i said i'm a sensitive person and i can't deal with that shit i freeze when that happens like i'm so shocked that something is being said to me that's unexpected that i just completely freeze up yeah (laughs) so it's 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 awkward for me but then i'm like Um, then I finally process what's actually happening. So I, I am hundred percent certain that if I'm faced with a situation that's like I'm in peril or something, I'm gonna immediately die because I'll just freeze until I understand what's happening, oh, and yeah. then I'll be dead. It's analysis paralysis, right? There, oh, totally. Where it's totally. like let's take in all available evidence before coming to a decision. And exactly. and me, I'm one of those half a plan now is better than a whole plan later. Let's roll. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly listeners i have seen this in person with logan 
<laughs> the decisions that drunk Logan makes yeah. <laughs> are interesting to say, to say the least. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for an example of this, there was one time when we were out celebrating St. Patrick's Day. And I was the babysitter for the night because you guys were just getting super drunk. Was I in a kilt that night? Mm, we were piper down, so maybe. Hmm, I don't think you were okay. because of this situation. Okay. That I'm about to tell you. I about. don't mean to spoil the story. <laughs> Logan is sometimes in a kilt. Yes. Um, so Regardless of the holiday. <laughs> he's not wrong about that. Um, so basically we were at this bar and there's this partition between the actual bar and the space of the bar, like the seating area and stuff. And uh, this partition is maybe like, I don't know, like four feet tall, maybe was, maybe four and a half, five. I don't know. It was, it was a pretty tall partition. It's, it's an elbow height, small bar for, for yeah. chit-chatting with your mates. Yeah, And, and the partition's probably about actual elbow height of a normal size mm-hmm. person, right? Yeah. So looking... <laughs> decides at the end of the night while the bar is emptying out that he's got to get to the front door quicker because we're leaving. I will not move at the speed of land mammals. Not not. with the herd. (laughs) So he decides to jump this partition, right? Mm -hmm. And he is wasted. (laughs) It was a fine night of Irish whiskey. It's St. Patrick's. I mean, like... We get drunk here, right? So, and I'm like, oh my God, he's going to die. This is a terrible idea. So I'm just watching this disaster waiting to happen. And I'm just, <laughs> I'm terrified for him because he's going to die. And I'm going to be like calling 911 and all this stuff. So he gracefully just leaps over this partition and lands perfectly fine on the other side. And I'm like, holy freaking shit. His his physical ability when he's drunk is beyond measure. Like I don't even understand. That is how very it's very kind of you, Lindsay. <laughs> so it so stems from a, a an intense desire not to fall down. F- fair enough, you know. And we all really have that. But I guess when but you're drunk, very it comes kind out. Of you, I'm so glad you remember this story. I, I was I only I was, vaguely do. <laughs> I'm not surprised, but I was terrified, and that was like cemented for the moment for me to be like goddamn logan is graceful thank you of course but it was it was really fun to watch i have my moments (laughs) (laughs) because i'm like anybody else that i know including myself could not do that with the level of drunk that you were (laughs) (laughs) i'm i in the words of uh amelia bedelia i'm good at what i'm good at (laughs) (laughs) fair enough Okay, tangent over. Yes, all right. Yeah, okay, so uh, now let's move along to our next story. What do you say? All right. Our next one is called Organ Donor. Um, Lindsay, uh, what are your preliminary thoughts on this one without really jumping into it too much? Well, um, I feel like... It's a good name for a horror story. Yeah, it, it conjures up a lot of ideas. It uh, does. I won't spoil anything because I, well... I've, I've read this one, but I'm excited to share it with everybody else. And we'll, we'll, let's get rolling with it. Yeah, what do you say? tell me a story. You ready? All right, here we go. Organ donor. You won't believe this story. Trust me, you won't. Half the time, I don't believe it myself. Neither do my doctors. They have me on so much Xanax that I can barely see straight anymore. 
let alone muster the courage to walk out my front door. I spent my nights lying awake in bed, staring up at the popcorn ceiling as it drips towards my eyes in gooey chunks, like thinned cottage cheese. Blink, and it's gone. Most nights, I can hear something scratching against my bedroom window, long since taped over with duct tape so that not a single sliver of streetlight gets through. Is it a nail making the sound? Or a long fingernail? The cops said it was probably a neighborhood kid with a stick, but I fucking know better. I don't tell the doctors about that anymore. If I did, they'd probably lock me up for good. And maybe they should, before it gets to me. I need to tell someone, anyone, about what's happened. It all started two years ago, in Elk State Forest, in northern Pennsylvania. My brother Eric and a friend of his were out there hunting, when Eric was tragically killed. It wasn't a hunting accident. I've read the police report a hundred times, and talked to Will about it over a dozen. The story never changes. The sun hadn't yet risen over the Allegheny Mountains when Will came across a strange figure out there in the wilderness, bent over something on a small ridge about fifty yards ahead of him. There was enough light creeping up over the horizon for Will to make out the creature's silhouette. It had a long, narrow head and long, thin arms like a praying mantis except the arms weren't rigid. They looked more like hoses, he said. He could see them twisting and undulating against the dawn's light, working on whatever was beneath them. He raised his rifle and aimed, but before he pulled the trigger, he shouted something. Will said the thing was gone so fast, it was as if it had simply vanished rather than moved. When he made it to the ridge, the thing was nowhere in sight. That's when he found Eric. Unknown cause of death. That's what the coroner's report said. His autopsy was normal, except for one glaring abnormality. His right eye was missing. And not just the eye itself. There was a cylindrical hole, golf ball sized, that went from his right eye to the back of his skull. Everything in between was just gone. Like someone had bored it out with a laser. He'd think that would have been the cause of death, and maybe it was. But I can't change what the report says. <sighs> Jesus fucking Christ, right? My brother's eye was sucked out of his face by some fucking insect in the middle of the woods. Of course, none of the authorities believed Will. As a matter of fact, the local paper reported his death as an accidental shooting. Can you believe that? Best I can tell, the sheriff's department covered it up because they didn't want to spook anyone. We just had a death in that same part of the woods about two months prior, and I guess they didn't want word to get out that people weren't safe in Elk State Forest. Not to mention, Will's story made him look like some kind of lunatic. To be honest, I didn't believe him either. When Will told me he thought he had interrupted the creature, that he had felt this immense wave of shame wash over him as soon as he shouted at it, like the feeling had been planted inside of him. I wrote him off as crazy. I had no idea what happened out there, but I knew it wasn't that. I wish to God I had been right. Eric was a strong believer in organ donation, so after he died, his body parts were saved and shipped all over the country to people who needed him. His left eye wasn't taken, but it was damaged, so it wasn't fit for donation. But the rest of him was. I tried to move on with my life, but it was difficult. Eric and I had been very close. We were only a year apart in age and often got mistaken for twins. He was my best friend. 
I started having panic attacks about eight months after he died. If anyone tells you that anxiety isn't real, or isn't as bad as people make it out to be, well, they can simply go fuck themselves. It's bad. It's like a tourniquet tightens around your heart and your lungs at the same time, while your brain flips the fuck out. I got on the Xanax, and it helped for a while. Then things got bad again. I started hearing the scratching on my window about four months ago. My doctors say it's psychosomatic. In other words, it's not real. My brain creates the sound on its own. Well, it sure sounds real to me. Regardless, I've barely left the house since it started. I quit my job and have run through most of my savings. My life is a total wreck. Two weeks ago, I got a phone call. Yes, is Michael there? The voice on the line asked. I'm not sure why I didn't just hang up the phone. Yes, this is Michael. Who's this? Special Agent Gary. I'm with the FBI. My pulse quickened. Uh, I stammered, running over to the front window and peeking out of the blinds. The street was empty. You're not in trouble, Michael, he said quickly. I just need to ask you a couple questions about your brother. My brother? Why? He didn't answer for a moment. Did he happen to know a Peter Kratz? I could hear papers rustling. From Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I'm not sure. What about Mary Points, Fairfax, Virginia? Henry Kim, Canton, Mississippi? No, uh, I don't, I answered. I've never heard any of those names. What's this about? Was your brother missing anything other than his left eye? Any other organs? I clenched my fists. Hey, man, I'm not answering any more questions until you tell me what this is about. I have rights. Gary paused again. We're investigating a death he said slowly, like it was something he didn't want to admit. A woman. She was found dead with her lungs completely missing from her body. Uh, we know something similar happened to your brother. We're just trying to figure out why. I sat in stunned silence. Was someone fucking with me? Who is we? If this is a joke, I swear to God. It's no joke, Michael, I assure you. His voice quivered only slightly, but I knew it meant that he was telling the truth. I'm sorry about your brother. I truly am. No one deserves to die like that. We're only trying to get to the truth. Okay, fine. Uh, can I talk to your superior? He didn't answer. A minute later, the dial tone rang in my ear. He had hung up. The next day, I called the FBI. There was no special agent Gary. At least not one that they would admit to. Maybe they were lying, but it really didn't matter. There was no way anyone was going to tell me anything. It was all I could think about for the next several days. Eventually, I probably would have moved on if it wasn't for a lucky coincidence. I was lying in bed, listening to the television and staring at the ceiling, when a commercial came on. It was a public service announcement which listed the benefits of being an organ donor. For some reason, everything clicked. I tore the covers off and ran to my closet throwing the doors open as I tossed dirty clothes and shoes out of the way in order to get to the box in the back corner. Inside were my brother's medical records. I had been listed as his emergency contact and had gotten his medical records for the purposes of his life insurance settlement. It wasn't very much, but I was able to pay off what was left on my car note with it. I grabbed a flashlight from the floor and flipped through the pages until I found what I was looking for. Eric's organ donation list. Of course, 
Mary Points was there, so was Henry Kim and Peter Katz, and eight other recipients of my brother's various organs. I felt sick. They were all dead, or would be soon, and that's why the man on the phone had asked about them. And just like the woman with the missing heart, something had taken their organs. Eric's organs. Will was right. He had interrupted the creature. If he hadn't gotten there sooner, Eric may have just been an empty shell, and eleven other lives may have been saved. It wanted what was inside of him. That much I knew for sure. I haven't stepped foot outside since the night of the call, and for good reason. See, when I was in my late twenties, my kidneys failed. It turned out to be polycystic kidney disease, which was a genetic disorder. It started with headaches, then my doctors realized my blood pressure was abnormally high. I also had the floppy heart part of it, which is where you experience a fluttering in your chest. When the anxiety hit, I think that's one of the reasons it freaked me out so badly. I thought my heart was fluttering again. Anyway, Eric saved my life. I would have died if he hadn't given me one of his kidneys. My miraculous recovery was why Eric believed so strongly in organ donation in the first place. Now I know what's waiting outside my bedroom window. It wanted what was inside of Eric. And now, it wants what's inside of me. Cool. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that had some great imagery. Yeah, that really was well written and a lot of fun. Um, like just just reading through it and discovering the as the character was discovering these little things and putting it together mm -hmm. was really a fun aspect of the story. It was, um, and I just realized that we didn't say who it was by. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we should probably say that. Um, this story was by Max Shepard, and his username on Reddit is creeping underscore dread. Oh, good one. Just to pop that in right there. Well, if you ever hear, um, <laughs> hear a thumbs up from, from Fight Dude, that's Logan Young. <laughs> no, but fantastic job, Max. Like, that that was an awesome story. And holy shit, the creep factor in there is exceedingly high. He had some really great twists and turns. Like, the, the kidney donation at the end? Man. <laughs> <laughs> I can't... Um, the imagery of the creature... Being this this creepy like insect praying mantis thing, yeah, creepy. Very. I I, I try to think of uh, insects all the time. Um, the <laughs> I know you. Do. Well, not all the time. It's not <laughs> the only thing on my brain, but it's they're interesting. Yeah, with a with an uh, exoskeleton, you can only get so big before the weight overcomes right, right, the ability to to carry it around. Um, but I love the idea of the big insect. It's to cool. me, that's such a cool thing. Cause it's, well, it's so like fifties, like sci-fi movie. Yeah. And yeah. really, uh, one of the things that when I, when I get into monster design or analysis or anything like that, I try to get outside the human, uh, idea of, of our own perception and our own way of living in our own life cycle. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking in an insect where they're usually part of a hive and they're, they don't necessarily have entire free will, uh, they're working toward when one common goal. We don't know. Do we know how they communicate? It, it like totally depends, whether it's pheromones or Fair, yeah. it, it sounds at night. But it's, it's in a way that doesn't make sense to us as humans because we don't do that. Yeah. Now, before I go off spouting more insects <laughs> facts, I do feel like I should uh, admit one little one little clarification here. We did get a note that that wasps don't eat figs. I should have meant hornets. 
Or you mean that wasps are have zero use in the world ever? Yes. So apparently they do have one tiny little use, yeah. I guess. <laughs> They're still terrible and I hate them. Yes. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so you met hornets. Yes. That are, <laughs> you met hornets are completely useless. Apparently, wasps fertilize figs yes i guess in that the figs eats the wasp the dead wasp well it's Which, only a fair trade kudos to those figs <laughs> you do you figs because you doing you is get rid of those yeah nasty little so next time you take a fingers. bite of a fig you think to yourself mmm that's what a good wasp delicious, tastes like delicious death <laughs> But uh, something. Let's talk about boring straight through. Yeah. To uh, like to me that the only time you ever really see that is in like a core sample where they want to keep the center of the drill intact. It's not about destroying everything except for a hole or everything around a hole. There. Right. A hole leaving. Uh, I'm getting very gesticular <laughs> with my descriptions of the core take sample. Out, out a specific part yes yes but leave everything else intact that's kind of where i'm going um and that's kind of what this did if i had to guess i would say it's a laser or or a geologist drill that they wanted the the eye and everything all the way back and to me like objectively like not part of the creature right i mean uh well no but that's the, the, the maybe it's the, a sci-fi like cyborg parade menace the, i don't know yeah the method of extraction seems to be some kind of pipe Jeez, well, no, n- now I, you, no i did it now you're gesticulating too Ooh. much <laughs> settle down now settle down so excited <laughs> hysterical women these days <laughs> it's true <laughs> but it's more about uh, something like a pipe that you jam down into a form and get just the interior of the pipe out right and to me just just thinking this out again uh the the method of slaying its prey or taking what it wants it is a linear creature it is something of straight lines that doesn't quite understand that we don't work on that level we work on a series of tubes and synapses and what affects this that you're seeing is is way over there and so not to offer you know a criticism or anything of the story but it seems like maybe the creature maybe used some kind of technology outside of its well, own body well we know body. that appendages were different than normal because yeah. he, because he talks about that like the, the, the specific flailing, pulsating right? pulsating flexing so, hey, undulating maybe, was maybe it was, was like a sci-fi version of a giant praying mantis that had like extra appendages or something. I don't know. It, it could easily be. Yeah. Well, not something that we know anything about, which means that it could, could definitely do something like a boar sample. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The same way an ichthyosaurus looked like a dolphin. You come to earth, <laughs> exactly. you adopt the form of where you live. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Speaking of dolphins, that's a little hint for a, next week indeed so you better come back (laughs) um so yeah but the imagery in this like it's unusual for me i've never seen or heard or read anything quite like this story honestly Mm -hmm. it would be really interesting to me if he expanded this into like a book i think it'd be really cool because he could he could do perspectives of all of the different donors as they like die yeah this kind of web really cool. invasion or not donors but recipients mm-hmm. i guess but it'd be really interesting you know like because the, clearly this monster is going after all of his body parts right? yeah and and what i would really like is if it never had any part of human artifice to it 
Like, if this creature never found the list of donors, it just knows. Well, absolutely. We have to, yeah. right? Like, there's no way that this creature, like, literarily... literally that's, that's not, that's not even Making word. up words here on know. Folklore on the Rocks. <laughs> but there's no way that he knows this other than, like, through instincts, right? He has to. Because yeah. he's a creature. Yeah, maybe it's a smell. Maybe it's a, an, an, a leftover aura there's, that There's something can't. about the brother that this creature needs right? yeah so clearly it would be drawn to whatever that thing is mm-hmm. it makes sense maybe it's pheromones i don't know maybe could be something else. <laughs> but, it's, but this creepy scratching noise it's just ugh. yeah that's the other part of it that it's it's this hard sound outside you know usually a nail or a claw or or and i would i would i would absolutely believe a praying mantis style manipulator you know four limb Uh it's pretty cool it's it's a cool image in the most terrifying way possible but um yeah so it's really great i really enjoyed logan's 1950s noir detective (laughs) that wears a fedora and (laughs) is mysterious i love that voice i hope you guys enjoyed it too because i did (laughs) yeah it's pretty fun yeah i tried to just do it off of steven roots kind of (laughs) accent it was really fun i love you steven root please be my friend (laughs) um okay so i think that uh we should take a quick break here and do a promo for another really awesome podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. So spread the love and let's get people yeah. more involved in other podcasts. We love our podcast. It's friends. not just about us. It's about everybody, yes. including the monsters in this world. <laughs> well, that's really one of my favorite things about the podcasting world is that like you listen to podcasts. They're, they're not finite. You can listen to as many as you want as often as you want or as little, or you can change them or whatever. Like, you have so much freedom and there's so much awesome content out there that there's always something to listen to. I really love to to me the way that I use podcasts is on my commute to work sometimes while I'm sitting at my desk or something Mm -hmm. like that. And I love that I might be doing that for somebody else. I get that the corporate life is an insult to the human experience. (laughs) Agreed. And however, one might find an escape from that, whether whether that's monsters or true crime or your Spotify playlist or whatever. Learning about Bitcoins. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So was my other go to of like the opposite of what we do. Your work is not who you are. Politics. (laughs) Something that I don't listen to, but definitely there's a lot of politics stuff out there. So, I mean, it's really great that there's so many different interests and so many niches that you can find exactly what you want to listen to. And if you don't find it, you can make it like it's it's just so cool. Indeed. Um, So anyway, now that we're off that soapbox, um, the promo for this week is for Into the Portal. Yes. Which is, um, they are a podcast that they kind of do stuff um, with the unknown, the unexplained, uh, strange things, bizarre things. So their content has been super interesting. Um, and it, it's kind of along a vein that we of what we do a little bit in that we take a little bit lesser known things and we research them and we explore them and we talk about them. Um, and these two are fantastic at that. Uh, if you like shows like ours, which hopefully you do if you're listening to this. I would certainly <laughs> hope so. Um, or like 
Astonishing Legends or several other ones that that are about just strange, interesting things that you want to know more about. Yeah. These guys are really good at doing their research. They talk about really cool subjects. So I definitely recommend checking them out. Um, They recently just started doing an additional episode every week. So Mm -hmm. they put out two a week and their extra is called Film Fridays. So they watch a film and then they like analyze it and talk about it, which is one more reason to look forward to Fridays, ladies and gentlemen, right there. (laughs) Exactly. So it's really interesting um, because you get that aspect plus you get the other like, which is a little more fun than upbeat but these other ones are really fun too they do a great job with research cool so anyway let me let them tell you about themselves yeah so here is the problem let's give them a listen hello all you curious creatures out there i'm amber a and i'm andrew mckay and welcome into the portal a place where we discuss all things lost, unexplained, and straight-up strange. Ancient lost history, cryptozoology, worldwide myths and legends are all things to expect when you dive into the portal. Like the time we covered the strange case of giant humanoid swimmers in Siberia's Lake Baikal. Or the terrifying legend of the Braxton County monster who stalked the hills of West Virginia. Oh, and don't forget about the enduring mystery of Egypt's lost underworld. We dig it all, so join us every week for a brand new adventure into some of the world's lesser-known unexplained phenomena, cryptic creatures, and historical mysteries. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and anywhere you get your podcasts. And of course, at intotheportal.com, your gateway to the bizarre. So come join us. The only question is, will you peer into the portal? Well, cool. All right. Yeah. Well, let's go ahead and jump right into our final story for the evening. Um, now, this is... Uh, Lindsay, tell us about what you've got for us here. All right. So, this story is by Kuting Kajitos. And I am so sorry if I slaughtered your name. I apologize. Um, and the username is Pusankali. Okay. Um <laughs> It's it's Filipino, so I don't hey, know hey, pronunciation. Your, your username is, is yours to do with what you will. Um, and I, we love your story, so <laughs> that is what it is. Um, so this story is called True Story, I Swear. True Story, I Swear. And I'm pretty sure I've heard Logan say that a few times. Yes, yes. Usually well, I, a little bit drunk. A little bit drunk, but always the truth. <laughs> because, well, Never exaggerated. Yes. <laughs> All right, so here we go. True story, I swear. (laughs) Thank you for the beer. I don't really drink, but I guess I'll make an exception tonight. So, you want to know about the incident? Uh, There really is not much to tell. Yes, I was there. I was among the search party that went out looking for the girl. I saw what happened to that poor family in Santa Cruz. Ghastly scene, that was. You read what the police and those government guys said on the papers. But I tell you, it wasn't some wild cougar that killed that family. I mean, they were gutted, like they were all hollowed out inside. The coroner was a buddy of mine. He's seen gross stuff and all, but not like that. No, not like that. Yeah, I I could use another bottle, thanks. Uh, Yeah, really. Yeah, talking about this stuff really gives me a chill in my bones. What? Oh, Oh, yes, yes, the girl. Well, as far as I can tell, she was a nanny for the children. 
I think she came from the Philippines or some backwater country out there in Asia or something. Anyway, uh, they say she's been with the Kerberwitz about six months. Little girl she was, about 19 as far as I can tell. Those Filipinos all look the same to me. Short, about five foot two or thereabouts. Brown skin, long black hair, dark eyes, flat nose. Barely spoke passable English, for all I know. Kept to herself, that kid. Is she an illegal? Definitely, as far as I can tell. Josh, the dead father, told me himself that he got her from a friend. Didn't need all that social security stuff and what else. Got her dirt cheap, he said. Didn't complain about her at all. Save maybe for her weird tribal mumble jumbo she does on moonless nights. That and she didn't like the smell of garlic, onions, and salt. Weird, huh? Anyway, they let her do what she does. Well, they did. Say she was an awesome nanny, but they never let her cook. Anyway, so the Kerberwitz liked her. They thunk they found the best nanny there is. Then weird things started happening around that part of the hill. First, it was the neighbor's dog. They found the, uh, oh, what was that dog? The kind uh, used for pit fights. Uh, yeah, the, the Rottweiler. That dog. Well, the Johnson's Rottweiler went missing. Evil thing, that one. He had a nasty temper. It was chained in the backyard since it greets people with its teeth. That one was found dead one morning. All gutted and bloody. The sheriff asked Bill Johnson if he heard anything the night before. Said he hadn't. They had an animal control guy up there, but they never found nothing. They let it go at that. Must be some cougars. Them cougars ought to be shot on sight. Anyway, weeks went by and more pets went missing or ended up dead in the yards. Same story. No one heard nothing, all blamed on the cougars. Huh? Oh, yeah, 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 the missing girl. Sorry, been going on a loop there. By the way, you been eating bacon? No? Huh, maybe Herb's cooking some. I do smell something good. So we made a search party to look for the girl. Sheriff thought she might have been scared with all the gore in the house. We asked Karen Lucas. She's the one who sent the Kerberwitz the girl in the first place. But she can't be found. She wasn't in her house. Looked like she'd never been there for a long time. Dead end, that was. So it was back to looking for the girl. We went into the woods by twos, radios holstered, flashlight and batons in each hand. We kept calling out for Nini. That's her name. For the life of me, I had no idea how she'd come to us when she could barely speak English. Anyway, on we walked. Me and Bob, the guy I got paired with. We looked in there for hours. I mean, it's deep woods out there. And it was getting pretty dark. At one point, Bob and I got separated. Ah, oh, man, this is good beer. Herb, uh, you grilling some bacon back there? No? Oh, could have swore I smelled something. Anyway, Bob and I got separated, and he's the one with the radio. At first, I can hear it crackling, so I know he's near, but then nothing. Can't hear nothing at all. I'm getting all nervous and jumpy, and to make matters worse, Bob wasn't calling back when I yelled. I started walking faster, but then I stumbled on something on the ground. I stood up cursing when I point my flashlight at whatever it was I stumbled on. It was Bob. I mean... The thing was wearing Bob's clothes without Bob's head. Now, what do you mean, where was his head? I don't know. 
All I saw was he was all opened up like a Christmas present, bloody and sticky. I turned tail right there, and I would have gone to the others if it wasn't for that girl standing there before me. Well, I breathed out in relief. At least I found the girl, but I was still shaky. I told her, it's okay now. I, I told her I'll bring her back to the police so that she could tell them what happened to the Kerbowitz. She just stood there, sobbing. I took her hand. Now that I think about it, her hand was cold. Very cold. Hey, can you give me another bottle, please? Eh, thanks, Herb. Really? No bacon? Just my luck. Anyway, where was I? Oh, yeah. I got the girl, but she won't budge. I really wanted out of there, you know what I mean? Whatever was out there in the woods definitely wasn't a cougar, and I didn't want to be out there in case it wanted seconds. I kept tugging at her. Still, she just stood there. Then she said something. She said, help me. I groaned, and I tried to tell her that I was helping, but she needed to haul her ass, else it'll be dinner time and we're the main course. Just then she looked at me. I can't tell you exactly what I saw, but it chilled every bone in my body. She looked at me really intense, and for the life of me I just stood there. Then she came at me and kissed me. I was shocked. Hey, hey, don't grin like an idiot. I'm telling you the truth. What happened next, I don't know. All I know is that she kissed me. Then I found swallowing something. You know, like a live chick. I could feel it writhing in my throat, burrowing into my gut. Hey, stop laughing, man. This is all real. Shit, if you're going to be like that, I'm out of here. Damn it, I'm hungry. What time is it? Is it eight o'clock already? Could have sworn it's just three. Oh, God, I'm drooling. Huh? Oh, it's the reporter. Oh, man, he smells so good. Just like bacon. Just like bacon. Ooh, yeah. I love that. I loved the, <laughs> the conversational aspect of that. It takes a hell of a woman to leave a man unwrapped like a Christmas present. <laughs> it was such great imagery in that. It was really fun. Like, I I know that there's supposed to be an element of humor to this because it's, you know, it's this conversation. Yeah. But it's also this horror story, essentially, mm-hmm. right, at the same time. And I like that by starting with a character retelling the story, mm-hmm. it, in many ways kind of lulls you into a false sense of security when you're like oh the main character survives he he tells the tale of course he survives but when he starts to get hungry at the end and and the little hints of the bacon Mm. throughout that he starts to smell things the imagery of like a live chick you know down my throat um have you ever eaten or the Christmas present? Have you ever eaten anything alive, Lindsay? Um, I am thankful to say that I have not. No, but I would not be shocked by the statement that you have. No, you, well, you would be correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, it strikes me as the person that's like swallowed a live goldfish on a dare. Okay, and done it. Also, <laughs> an earthworm. <laughs> and, and a still wriggling, um. Like a cricket or something? Like a cricket? Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. A cricket too? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. 
No, thank you. So apparently, crickets are very tasty. (laughs) I hear. Chupal is their word in the South America. Yeah. They are edible, and I've eaten them in uh, bar form. Interesting. Yes. I know. um, I think it was crickets. My brother lived in Uganda for a couple of years. Yeah. And... um. Like that was one of his favorite meals. There was crickets because uh, they they have like this huge influx, like cricket season. Basically, oh, crickets are or gra- grasshoppers. Yeah. Maybe I can't remember what insect. If, if you want to, if you want to plant a crop, plant something that'll attract crickets and make that your crop. There you go. Because they are reliable as the sun. They will be there every year. Well, and they're they're rich in protein. Now, I know that we've got I know we've got some crunchy. some some local local people who only listen to us because we're a Utah podcast and and here in Utah, we've got our own special relationship with crickets. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Um <laughs> When when the you when hear the sarcasm in my voice. Yeah, yeah. They were the antagonist of this tale. When the pioneers settled this valley, they couldn't plant anything without them getting devoured by crickets. Mm-hmm. Um we have great big crickets here. Um and, and they're noisy. And then the story is that the seagull came and ate them all. Which is why the seagull, who is a shitty bird, yes. is our state bird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> saved us <laughs> so dumb and it's so weird like the only i think the only reason we have seagulls is because of the great salt lake mm-hmm. which is a um a large area in utah it's pretty big like it i'm pretty sure it can be seen on the map which is what denotes a really really big lake right but yeah it's so weird yeah, <laughs> it's such a dumb. it's a weird uh, thing to jump off to it really is on crickets going back to general. like our, our fourth grade but, Tales uh, of Utah. But uh, <laughs> you know, as as they they have uh, mandibles that they use for grasping and, mm-hmm. and chewing. Um, sometimes other arthropods will have uh, chelicerata of uh, biting fangs, like a, Fancy like a spider. Words. And sometimes they will have a proboscis, like a mosquito, that they would use to drain their victims. Those now, shitty mosquitoes. I yeah. hate them. Now, now like we a d- magnet for we don't want to give any spoilers for upcoming episodes here probably not soon but not, in not soon in but time. In, in the coming months stick with us we got good things coming we actually have some really cool things coming i have other but, plans for the philippines first yeah before we get to this creature yes but this but, creature will be dealt with we yes. will look more into what this might well, have been at least, at and what, what we, we think, think it, it might be yeah we, we can say what we think it is well i think i think it might be maybe an aswang yeah we think it might be the aswang um or as logan Wants to call I it. I really want to call it the ass wang so bad. <laughs> but it's not. No, I, I have great respect for all people around the world, including those in the Philippines. I've known many Filipino people, but I, I my Utah tongue wants to say. Is it your Utah tongue or your just hilarious guy tongue? Ass wang. Exactly. How can I not say it? <laughs> that creature over there is called the ass wang. <laughs> So yes, it is. It is the aswang, but they they're creepy creatures, and they and they have the. It's um, like the titmouse. How can you not address it by its proper name? (laughs) Um, But but these creatures have tongues that are like really long, and they're what would you call 
pro proboscis pro, i want to say proboscis proboscis i don't know why mm. and i know it's wrong <laughs> so it's like me saying that and you wanting to say way. <laughs> but they but they have these really really long suckers for tongues yeah so that fits the image of of this girl and her live chick yeah. tongue so um that's what we think the creature is uh if you have other ideas about it let us know you know yes. we would love to know but um definitely a creature for a future episode they are very interesting mm-hmm. creatures very creepy if i'm remembering correctly and i haven't done any research on this but i'm remembering that they do um they they prey on like pregnant women yeah and they suck out like i remember reading about yeah, that they suck out amniotic fluid from their belly buttons with their tongues it's so creepy and weird but but also fascinating at the same time mm-hmm. so anyway we'll get into that another day we will explore it a hundred percent no holds barred the entire spectrum of aswang knowledge we will delve mm-hmm. deep into it but that day is not today it's not today yeah. back to the story yeah. um so yeah this this whole like storytelling aspect i really enjoyed i think it was a perfect vehicle for telling the story mm-hmm. because you had that casual conversation type thing and it flows well and you get to the twist at the end and it, it it just adds something more to it, I think, because you've, like you said, you were lulled into this sense of security about this main character, and suddenly, obviously, they are not okay. Yeah, yeah, there is something going on with that main character. Um, now, it could just be a, a stroke and the phantom smells that go with it. <laughs> Maybe it is. Maybe it's a brain tumor. We don't know. I like to, again, the story doesn't necessarily support it, but I just like to look at conjecture and maybe... The narrator was the monster the whole time. Very true. Maybe they don't realize. Oh, I found Bob. He was dead. Yeah. (laughs) And and this girl is a red herring. Good storytelling device. A classic. Could be cool. Um, I like that idea. It's just up to us to guess what the author's intent was, but it's a good story nonetheless. And I do want to say that if I end up having phantom smells i'm 100 percent fine with bacon being one of them bacon okay okay i'd be okay now phantom smells uh, not to make light of stroke victims or anything no, like that no. <laughs> but but just as an exercise Lindsay. okay so bacon's a good one i will agree i will take bacon and love <laughs> every cool. minute of it but what is your top smell if you could oh, get a God. phantom smell where it's like sometimes you get this smell and you just have to learn to deal with it what, Wait, so like, but you get to pick one. It's a good is my smell. Favorite smell? Yeah, yeah, I, I guess. But what smell would you want to smell all the time to come to come at those at those odd times when your brain misfires and and sends a signal? Um, I think that my favorite scent is probably um ozone. Oh, so, good one. So like rain. The, sm- oh. the smell when it's about to rain or is raining. Or computer labs around the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, um, I, I have, we have a friend who did ozone therapy. Mm-hmm. And so I did it a couple of times and it, sm- it smells just like rain. Like mm-hmm. like the world before a rainstorm. It's, it's such a good smell. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, other than that, probably like um, the scent of fall. I really like the scent of fall. You know, death, uh, the crisp autumn smell of cold and things slowly dying, which is sounds really creepy. 
but uh, I like it a lot. It, it it just means that my favorite time of the year is coming. It's here, you know, like it, it just has such a good vibe to it. I love, I love the scent of autumn. Oh yeah. It's a good choice. Well done. And then maybe, oh God, picking one is so hard. Logan. It's so hard it's for me. So like hard. like my, my knee jerk reaction is like, Pine or fresh water with algae, coffee, coffee. But what it always comes down to for me, it's sandstone. Sandstone. Yes. Interesting. That's what all of Southern Utah Red Rock Sound smells like. That just totally evoked a smell for me. So that's that's cool. Yeah. That and sandstone smells differently when it's wet or when it's dry. Right. And when it's wet, it's kind of muddy and you know smells not all that interesting. But when it's dry, it tells a story. And it, it, you, with one whiff, you go back thousands of years of every day baking itself into the stone and you really can smell it. It, so sandstone is a, a big part of it. Um, but also I'm from the city and here in Utah, we've got big cities as well as wild mountains. So there's also elements that I, that I picked up from the theater that are very, very evocative, uh, Hot glue is one of them. In the theater scene, hot glue is often a, a quick fix. And uh-huh. uh, it, it has been joked that it is my medium of choice. <laughs> How else do you put cosplays together? Yeah. What? You have things that actually sew things together? <laughs> no, I've been there. I, I've, um, I'm not a theater person that goes on stage. But Logan and I have been involved with theater for much of our lives. He's been more on stage and I've been more like, let me help you with the costumes. Let me work in the box office. So I so I know what he means in <laughs> quick fixing costumes. When you're trying to dress actors for quick changes backstage and things mm-hmm. break and <laughs> things go awry. Yep. And if you go to this to that dot com, they'll tell you how to glue things together. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so, yes, um, we've all been there with costume emergencies. <laughs> I even ran, um, we have a, a local Comic-Con here. We do. And uh, I, for the first several years that we did it, I, I was part of the cosplay repair station where people would come for hot glue and safety pins. Yeah, I, I ran into you there a couple of years ago when you were yeah. first doing it. Uh-huh. I was there with Stephanie. Hi, Stephanie. She's in Arizona right now. Uh, Hi, Stephanie. Working. I don't know you. A superhero themed salon that I oh, hope is cool. going so well. I adore Stephanie and like I wish a, her like nothing but success. Salon? Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Where it, it, it's based on the idea of things like sport clips where you can take what you're passionate right. about and just be into that or while that you. that bikini one was. That's yeah. creepy. Yeah. And, and hers is about comic book characters that's so cool and anybody in arizona go to that so stephanie's a very very wonderful person and really if you live anywhere near if you live where the sun shines hunt her down the marvelous fanatic salon not in a creepy way yep thank you not in a, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah we uh, we ran into you and you were doing cosplay repairs and it is really fun yeah and interesting mm-hmm. um, people do such a good job on their costumes yeah and it's it's like it's fun to see the caliber of of different types of costumes you know there's stuff that people threw together the night before that need repairs which is fine like it's understandable and you just want to be there and have fun mm-hmm. and you should um and then there's people who you know spend 
months and months and months in their costume who end up needing some sort of repair because someone steps on something or you know you just didn't account for one little thing that you need fixed like sure a safety pin or whatever so yeah, you know we we got all kinds of booth and it was it was really fun um the times that we were actually on the floor of the convention were really fun because you you know you're in the middle of things you get to see all this stuff that's going on and there there's just this fun energy and this fun vibe at these conventions sure yeah um they're they're really enjoyable even just to be there but i'm also the kind of person that just likes watching people <laughs> not a creepy way <laughs> yeah but i also love that there's this idea of acceptance i love that when Absolutely. they can take like uh celebrities that just put on a mask of the character they've played uh-huh. and they walk through being treated like they're nobody yeah i think, I think it's not like andrew garfield yeah, yeah. I mean, it's kind of become something that that thing people do these days. And haha, you got me. I, I you know, I, it, it's the anonymity. It's it's yeah, cool. yeah. For a moment, you can. I, I joke all the time. That's why I have a beard because I never know when I'm going to need a quick disguise. I can shave it off in a hurry and be somebody no totally know. different. Uh, and that's kind of what it's about. It's the ability to to hang up who you are and just be somebody else for just a second. Well, that's why so many of those things are so appealing in Mm -hmm. the first place. um, Because you see that echo within the story of that with yourself and then you get to be part of it. You get to do it. Mm -hmm. It's cool. It's cool. We recommend them highly. (laughs) should go to one. (laughs) Yes, please. If you have a comic con in your place, Go to it. It's a good time. Or like our friend Sarah would suggest, you should go to Dragon Con because that's her favorite. Yes, indeed. And it's pretty cool. Like, um, I don't know. It's it's just so impressive. And I know that they have them all around the world. So mm-hmm. if you get the opportunity to go to one, just go for the ambiance. It's it's a blast. For sure. Yes. But also, oh, the reason... is so tangent. <laughs> yeah. But the reason I brought it up is that, say I was a humanoid type monster like a you're a humanoid type monster okay thank you (laughs) but things like uh not necessarily something could assume human form but like a reptilian or perhaps a which obviously exists yeah from another world illuminati confirmed or or something that is caught in the nether realm between life and death and nevertheless what their origin story is they could go to a comic con and be themselves and just be themselves and be like shit dude that's an awesome costume (laughs) and i know this idea has been touched on by several different halloween specials of tonight's the night i can be myself hang on you can't say it like that tonight tonight is the night (laughs) monsters that we can be ourselves really (laughs) (laughs) yes indeed we shall go and be the things I could be all the monsters. You are all the monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. We're a little drunk tonight. A little bit, or perhaps a lot drunk. Maybe. We are. Okay, we should probably wrap this up. (laughs) I suppose so. All right. So we really hope that you guys enjoyed these stories tonight. We did, obviously. Oh, yes, clearly. (laughs) Um, So just as a reminder, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. At Folklore on the Rocks. Oh, good. I forgot. Yeah. Thank I kn- you. I knew. I knew. I just wanted to get you there. And yeah. that's, yes, a, a good refresher. But it does remind me of a particular Twitter handle, which is what? <gasps> Folklore Rocks! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. As always, pictures, notes, and sources on our website at folkloreontherocks.com. We do have a Patreon. 
Mm-hmm. So if you feel so inclined, which would be really great, uh, please go donate there. We have different tiers of things. You can donate X amount of dollars a month and maybe get some perks with it. And if you don't want to do that, we have a PayPal button on our website where you can donate a one-time thing. Um, We do have a merch shop that is coming either soon or exists. We'll see. It depends on how much time I have. We also want to mention that if you have any personal stories about creatures, monsters, or cryptids, even if you didn't know what they were, you can email them to us at stories at folkloreontherocks.com. Or if you have a story like the ones that we read tonight, you're welcome to send those our way as well. Um, just let us know, you know, which kind of episode it should go into, since some of them can definitely bleed o- over into each other. We also ask that you please rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. We are doing a kind of promotion right now where if you leave us a review and then you send us a screenshot of your review um, to our email so that can be admin at folkloreintherocks.com or mail at folkloreintherocks.com you if you send that to us we will send you some stickers those are actually our email addresses like admin is definitely Lindsay, and and just like generic <laughs> mail m-a-l-e that's uh, me no yeah, yes that's I'm, exactly <laughs> actually we have our own ones too so if you can send it to logan what or you can send it to Lindsay. that's fine too they it, all get there it may get checked Sometime. <laughs> I'll check it, don't worry. <laughs> um, so you can send those our way, but if you do send them um, and you let us know, you know, that you want some stickers, uh, we'll send those out to you and we'll let you know that we got your email and everything too. Um, any reviews we really appreciate. We have some super nice ones out there right now. That yeah, people are, are so, so great. I, I really, it, it, this has been a great reminder that really people band together around things they love. Yes. And absolutely. if you love monsters, if you love creatures, if you love the spooky things, the minor key parts of this world, yes. then please. All the good things. Thank you so much for letting us be part of your day and your life. And and just you take us and you move us around with you. And that's a really exciting thing for us as podcasters. It absolutely, absolutely is. It still blows my mind that people want to listen to us for fun. Yeah. But we really appreciate it. Um. So, so yeah, so send those our way. Once we hit 100 reviews, we're going to do a bonus episode um, with a listener-selected creature. So, you know, there's some even more incentive other than the stickers to leave us a review. Oh, yes. Um, Give us a creature, please. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, just word of mouth is great for us. Tell your friends, tell your family, uh, spread it to people that you think would also like us, you know, um, and... Just know that you are hugely appreciated for taking the time to listen to our ridiculous selves. Yes, our little bit of (laughs) ramblings in the dark. But perhaps we may find some illumination. I hope so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, thank you for listening and uh, tune in next Sunday. Please do. We'd love to see you there or at least hear you breathing in the darkness. Maybe you'll hear us breathing in the darkness. terrifying please stop yeah i i I have to sleep with a machine (laughs) anyway we we love and appreciate you guys and we hope you 
keep listening. Yeah, thank you. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Until then, keep your eyes on the dark spots of the world. Let those eyes adjust and really see what's lurking in the shadows. My God, it's going to keep waxing existential. I know. Please cut me off sometime soon. <laughs> All right. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. You've been Bye. great.